Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. Get inside, get inside. The doors are open. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, and with me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How you doing today, Kyle? If you're the shopkeeper, what does that make me? Am I like the sales clerk? I, I, I mean, I've given you a lot of promotions over the over the months. Yeah, but nothing. Nothing in the shop. Nothing that really. No. Inventory manager. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could do that. Okay. All right. Quality control. (laughs) (laughs) Head of shipping. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because you ship all the goods. Okay. (laughs) You're shipping all the China. All right. There you go. Good. We got that straightened out. Oh, well, so Kyle's doing good. Come on to the shop with us today, folks. (laughs) Sit back, relax, edge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way into a complete set of fine China, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses and just, well, frankly, be successful at trading, right? If if you are new to the shop and trading, you can always give one of our beginning episodes a listen. Uh, We'll have links to those in the episode description. Uh, You can check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialneptude.com, or uh, you can hop on the Discord server where everybody's hanging out, sharing ideas, thoughts, and support. Kyle and I get on there every day. It's just a really awesome place to be. I'm getting better every day. Every day. Oh, yeah. What, what, is, what happens if they get on that Discord server and they want some swag? How do they, how do they manage that? Uh, they just got to send us an address. We'll ship it right to them. Their choice of beer koozies, shot glasses, got new design coffee bugs that I've been looking forward to giving out. Really liking that design. Straight from the mouth of the head of shipping. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, we're, just, we're just really glad you're here. We, we just have a lot of fun, and it's always better with friends. And uh, better, better, and better. Oh, I love it here in the shop. Kyle, we got any shop news? Uh, not really. We've got James McIns, uh, founder of Odd Burger, coming up uh what is that, next week? Ooh, next week. Oh, yeah, the Rich Friesen episode. I'm really looking forward to that. one should come out on Wednesday. That was a great episode. Great experience. That was amazing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, really, really looking forward to playing that one. Love yeah. Rich. We need to have him back more often. We really do. He really straightened my head out, for sure. Yeah? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, or at least uh, got it pointed in the right direction. But I feel, yep. yeah, I feel way better after talking to him. Uh, we will be taking uh, the two weeks uh, for Christmas and New Year's off, uh, but there will be a super bonus episode coming out. It's definitely going to be two parts after all the recording has been done. We've got one more group left to get through, one more recording to do, yeah. and then uh should be able to piece that thing together. We just talked to Sarah Glass, and it was going so long, I was like, we're getting a whole episode out of this. This is great. <laughs> She's awesome. I know. And we also did get her on the schedule for January, so she will be coming back to talk flow with us. Yes. You talk flow. All right. Well, folks, we have a wild, wet, and whimsical episode for you today. 
got plenty of market moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than Magnus Carlson has prepared openings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> more yeah. options than Jan's blunders in the World Chess Championship match. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, is it too soon? Oh, I'm too feeling soon. so bad for the guy. Yeah, I've never watched the World Championship before because he's a really good chess player and he just he was just he just fucking bombed oof poor guy yeah i've never watched it before but i like watching two grandmasters because the one that starts to lose makes me feel better about my own chess skills (laughs) (laughs) i like watching fabi comment on it and then watching him get demolished in the speed chess championships speed chess is a different beast Anyway, all right. (laughs) Reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you're old school, you can shoot us an email, the number two bulls at financialineptitude.com, or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you've got this wild idea to sail west instead of east to hit India. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. How about how about maybe you just got your first brilliancy on chess.com and you just want to tell everybody about it? <laughs> yeah, that happened. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Kyle definitely got that against me. Anyway, all right, let's talk about some bet results, Kyle. Uh, okay, you got me here. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm going first. Yep, go ahead. Roblox, I wanted to short it. And I had the right idea. I just had the wrong take profit. It opened the week at 108.52, which was like $5 lower than what I was hoping to get it at. Uh, Dropped to below 105 before it flipped around and then immediately stopped me out at 121.50. So that Mm. takes my total all the way down to 440 and 20 cents right off the bat. 440 and 20 cents? Yeah, I think I did that right. Oh, no, I'm just writing it down. I didn't do the math. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wow. it was rough. Wow. I almost need to specify like uh okay, if it's below this then I'm not buying it. I'm not shorting it. Mm, right, with that that pre-market movement can be me very meaningful. Oh wait, in that case. Yeah. Anyway, how'd you do? Okay. Well, I did not set a take profit limit if you recall. Did I, I mean, do. Do do you do you recall me taking the profit at 12.50? I recall you setting a stop loss. Okay, yeah, cuz I didn't uh, I, UMC was my pick. It opened at twelve dollars five cents. Uh, had a nice doji day, and then closed at twelve dollars five cents on Monday. Tuesday, it shot up. Could not break through its resistance at twelve sixty ish area, and proceeded to dive for the rest of the week down to eleven dollars thirty three cents. So, if I had been wise, so not quite to your stop loss. No, not quite to my stop loss. So, I mean, who knows what it'll do next week. But if I had sold half at twelve fifty, it would have pretty much been a right. scratch trade. Yeah. But I didn't. So instead of a scratch trade, uh, my total is brought down to $470.12. All right. Well. Starting December strong. Putting you in second place because Random had hubs opened at 730.01, closed at 723.29. So random is sitting in the lead with four ninety five and forty cents, and things are as they should be, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! Oh yeah, well we're playing on hard mode, Dan. We just got to spot at a big lead. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But you know, stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll have new bet picks, and I think 
I think I got a good one. I, I think I got a good one. I feel like I got a pretty good one too, but we'll see. We'll see. We got to get there first. It always feels good on Friday. <laughs> it doesn't feel as good the next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Friday start great. Yeah. yeah. Should we? Uh, should we talk about some news? Yeah, let's do that. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Yes, some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. All right. What's uh, what's your big leadoff story, Kyle? I think we have to start with the uh, CPI. The numbers came out today, this is our Friday morning. In line, as expected, uh, 6.8% on the annual, which is the highest in more than 39 years. Ooh. But because it came in as expected, the markets did not seem to really care. Uh, S&P managed to close at its highest, highest closing price ever. Uh, all three of the other indexes were up as well. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it closed at its highest. That's incredible. I mean, it's the highest close, so it wasn't the highest price it's ever hit. Right, right. Yeah. Still, nice. Yeah, the other downside to this, well, I don't know if it's downside or not, but the, the Fed is supposed to be talking, I think, next week. So we're, I think at this point, we're kind of expecting them to increase the uh, the rate of the tapering. They've been telegraphing that they're uh, Chuck Carlson, Chief Executive Officer at Horizon Investment Services in Hammond, Indiana, uh, said that the Fed is definitely telegraphed on tightening sooner that, rather than later. The markets are more comfortable with Fed tightening if it reduces inflation expectations. So it looks like uh, the inflation numbers have finally forced the Fed's hand. They're going to finally take some action on that. The real question is going to be what they're planning on doing with interest rates. Mm. Yeah, raising those rates that they got it. They're going to they're going to do it, right? I mean, what else? What else is there? I mean, well, at this point, I mean, reducing the amount of asset purchases is just. I mean, that's how is that going to stop inflation if you're just not buying as much? <laughs> You well, I mean? depends on where the money's coming from. Are they just printing money and throwing it in? <laughs> I mean, pretty much, right? That's kind of how that works, isn't it? Oh, so that might help stop the inflation. <laughs> yeah, if we just don't do as much. I mean, it should. I guess it'll slow it down, but it's not going to, can't reverse it. No. Uh, I don't know. Reuters poll of Economist uh, uh, does see the central bank hiking key interest rates from near zero to quarter to half in the third quarter of next year, followed by another in the fourth quarter. So they think it's coming, but not yet. I mean, I guess we got to get through the tapering first before they start uh, start messing around with the interest rates. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're increasing the, the tapering to get to the interest rates. Yeah, that's. I mean, that kind of is what it seems like. Anyway, that's CPI markets at all time highs, inflation highest in thirty nine years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm thirty nine years old. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Think about that, Kyle. Inflation, right where it was at when we were born, right back where we started. <laughs> oh God! Now you get told everyone how old we are. We can't pretend to be hip and cool anymore. I, I, were we pretending to be hip and cool? I thought we were. Shit, dog. <laughs> what? I don't even know how kids talk these days. Jesus. I don't either. <laughs> I, I think it's all text. Right. Okay. So I just need to be like clown hat, smiley face, Kyle. There you go. <laughs> All right, you got any stories? Yeah. Um, 
I, I only bring it up in general market because it's uh, uh, ETFs. Um, apparently, Kathy Wood's ARK Invest is getting destroyed this year. Well, I mean, all growth really is. And well, most of her funds are basically focused on growth and tech, haven't they? Yeah, she's got a, all risky growth tech. But there's only like one fund that's done worse than ARK-K. Like, right. They're all down, but hers are especially down. Well, she was also like up the most over the past twelve years too, though, wasn't she? Uh, well, yes. The if you're talking cumulative flows, for sure. Yeah. Who was telling us that she had? Was it Nick from Passive that was talking about how much the inflow on Arc was insane? Mm-hmm. It must have been, yeah. So she apparently uh, the the heavy heavy bet on Tesla that's paid off well for so long is 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 backing off this year, which I guess. Sounds like you you seem to have expected it. The Tesla or the just growth in general? Just, uh, oh, I mean, uh, Arc falling off because it was going so hot. I mean, it's it just just seems natural, right? I mean, that's just reversion to the mean at this point. But, but I mean, growth is just getting hammered because of inflation. Inflation leads to rising interest rates. Rising interest rates means you know harder for growth companies to borrow money, which means they don't perform as well. Mm-hmm. So like this historic bull market that we've been in has been fueled by historically low interest rates. So it's just natural that growth is going to, you know, thrive during that period. But as Dr. Hans taught us, you know, sooner or later that party's going to end. Right. It's got to end sometime. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Tesla and the party ending, did you hear Musk is wondering aloud on Twitter whether or not he should quit all of his jobs and become a social oh, media influencer? No. I I thought I saw a story pop up, but I thought it said that he was going to do it. Is it a done deal or is he thinking about it? It was a December 9th tweet, thinking of quitting my jobs and becoming an influencer full time. What do you think? Oh, God. Is he going to lead this up to a poll, too? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, this is coming after he just sold a bunch of stock. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a whole bunch of cash. The prospect of him leaving Tesla, I can't imagine is going to be good for, you know, the stock price of Tesla. No, well, we were just talking about that. Like if, if Musk leaves, the price of Tesla is going to go down to well, 400 at least. So the question is, uh, is he buying Tesla stock? He's just using this opportunity to get a cheaper entry on all the stuff he sold. Oh, my God. You know, I didn't put that together. Wow. Yeah, he could be, man. That. That's just all speculation. Or maybe he's helping his brother out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's come down. Like We've been watching it to fill that gap. It's come and like, gotten close to it a couple times. But yeah, maybe he's just uh, maybe he's just trying to pick everything back up. Well, he has sold thir- almost $13 billion worth of Tesla since he had his initial poll tweet, tweet poll. Right. <laughs> Goddamn polls. Billion. <laughs> yeah. Uh Speaking of Musk, we all know his stance on the EV tax credit, but it looks like Canada's really pissed off about them too. Yeah. Like to the point where they're threatening retaliation. Oh, what, what's Canada going to do? I, I don't know. Why are they so mad? Uh, Canada's threatening to retaliate of targeted tariffs on U.S. goods if tax incentives for EVs produced by unionized American workers aren't removed from the Biden administration's Build Back Better Act. God damn, there's so many bees. Oh, yeah. The Biden Build Back Better Act? <laughs> no. This is a significant escalation in Canada's message on the issue. It was made in a letter Friday to lawmakers by the Canadian Deputy Prime Minister Christina Freeland and Trade Minister Mary Ng. 
They say Canada is prepared to publish a list of potentially targeted goods in the coming days if the matter isn't resolved. Mm, okay, so Canada wants to be able to make electric vehicles too, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, there's like this whole uh, trade pact between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Yeah. So anything that's going to affect, starting to throw tariffs on goods coming from those, then yeah, Canada, of course, is going to be pissed about that. Is the tariff the same thing as a tax credit to the uh, American-made model? That's like a reverse tariff, though, is it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's not like a traditional tariff, but it kind of is. If people can buy American union-made products cheaper than Canadian union products. Oh, it's functionally the same to the consumer, but it's technically different, Canada. Just weird seeing uh, Canada in the news, like being so threatening, like, Hey, Canada. Come on, guy. That's how you know it's getting serious is when the Canadians start getting pushy. When Canada gets pissed, like, you know something's wrong. <laughs> right? Oh, geez. You got any other stories? Uh, I got one more story. SEC chair Gary Gensler, he's seeking to toughen the rules on uh, SPAC disclosures and liability stuff. I thought SPACs just kind of went away. I guess, I guess not. They, they still exist. I haven't really seen much of them in the news anymore. Yeah, I, I just don't think they're as popular with the meme crowd anymore. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, that makes sense. I, I, it's my guess. It's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, Gensler is worried that there's a disconnect between information that like companies that are going to do an IPO and companies that go mm-hmm. public for SPAC, through a SPAC, uh, the disclosures are different. Okay. So the concerns are that uh, you could get companies public that wouldn't otherwise be able to in a traditional IPO because of the disclosures. Right. Hmm. So basically like the way a SPAC works is it's just a, a bunch of investors. They raise money, they get a bunch of funds, and then they go and try to purchase a company, which will then trade under the SPAC because the SPAC is publicly traded. If they buy a big share or stake in another company, then it's basically taking that other one public. Yeah. So uh, uh, Gensler said he'd like to see new rules that would compel SPACs to give investors more information about the fees, the expected equity dilution and conflicts, as well as better ways to access uh, that information okay. before the investment is made. Okay. That makes sense. I don't, I don't see any issue with that. I don't know. Do you? Uh, with Gensler's rules? No, not at all. Yeah. I'm just curious what uh, I'm just curious what led to this. Uh, according to the CNBC article, they think it might be related to the the Digital World Acquisition Corp, the DWAC SPAC. Ah, uh, DWAC, yeah. Regular regulators been asking them for information about certain stock trades that preceded the public announcement of the uh, the merger agreement with the the Trump firm. Okay, interesting. To quote to quote Gensler, currently, I believe the investigating public may not be getting like protections between traditional IPOs and SPACs mm-hmm. due to the various moving parts and SPACs two step structure. I believe these vehicles may have additional conflicts inherent to their structure. So, okay, it sounds like. The people, he, he, maybe the people running the SPACs will get bonuses yeah. if they make a successful acquisition. So it's in their best interest to... Uh, to structures of the, the actual SPAC itself. Yeah. I see. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Let's see. Corporate presentation decks, hyped press releases, and celebrity endorsements can balloon a SPAC's equity well beyond a reasonable value long before proper disclosures are filed, Gensler said. Sounds like crypto. Right? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And we got a good, we got a good uh, one. We got a good crypto story later that ties into this, but uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get there. All right, uh, we have time for one more quick one. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of Better.com? 
real estate company? No, I've never heard of them. Apparently their CEO accused hundreds of the, like almost a thousand people that he laid off in a meeting. I uh, accused the hundreds of them of stealing by working only two hours a day. So like what? basically he had a meeting on Zoom and then told uh, anybody who was on the call, is like, if you're on this call, you're one of the unfortunate few who's getting laid off. <laughs> what? Wow. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> if you're still on the call? Yeah. If you're on the call, you're getting laid off. Uh, he went on to accuse, uh, th- I don't know where this acquisition, but I think it was in a blind post that uh, Fortune got their hands on it. Uh, I'll quote him here. He says, you guys know that at least 250 of the people terminated were working an average of two hours a day while clocking in eight hours plus a day in the payroll system. They were stealing from you and stealing from our customers who pay the bills that pay our bills. Get educated. Mm. Uh, this guy apparently has been pretty known for, for being a, a, a bit volatile, to say the least. Yeah. I know at least one of the employees that was on the uh, the call that got laid off had just had his annual review like that morning. So he gets his annual review, gets told he's doing a great job, and then 30 minutes later, he's told he's laid off because <laughs> because he's stealing from the company. Because <laughs> he's on the wrong <laughs> conference call, that's why. I know, right? <laughs> If you missed the call, are you okay? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Glad I had that doctor's appointment. Uh, How are you going to train and replace 250 people so quickly? I don't think they plan on replacing him. His his vision that he's laid out calls for a leaner, meaner, hungrier workforce. Hungrier. Okay. Yeah, so I think he's planning on letting go of people and then just uh, assuming that if everyone's only working two hours before, uh, you can get rid of half the staff and make everyone work four hours a day. Yeah, and you keep them hungry. By paying him less. There you go. That's how you make people hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he's. I don't know how this is going to go. This is a, a privately owned company, though, so there's nothing you can really trade on it or anything you can do with it. it just uh, I don't know. That guy seemed like a dick, and I wanted to talk about him. Well, who are their competitors? Oh, it's a mortgage firm. Okay, so it's just financial companies are there. I think right. Is it a lending digital mortgage company? Yeah. All right. Well, so Rocket might might benefit from this. Well, yeah. If they need workers, there's plenty available now. Apparently. Well, I mean, it's going to be harder for Better.com to hold their market share. Yeah. I mean, ugh, fucking mortgage people work their asses off. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But that's one of those things that's like kind of cyclical. Like you go through like spells where you work your ass off, and then you got some downtime as things slow down. It's very it's very uh, interest rate driven, I guess. Hey, we know some people. We know some mortgage people, don't we? Uh, I think we do. Hmm. Hmm. Some loans are just a big mistake. And up over your head. Drowning in those rates and fees. Someone left unsaid. Seems the right kind of lender to find the thing that fits your needs. Cause you know that she was born to be She's a loan maker, dream banker Debt saver, won't you call her up and see She's a loan maker, dream banker Debt saver, won't you call her up Go, go, go Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage. When you need a mortgage, use all the profits from all your trading, give Sue a call. Uh, she's a certified mortgage advisor focusing on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's going to work with you. She'll get all your details, talk to you about it, set up a plan, You know, work it out great. She's got over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, even reverse mortgages. Sue will help. 
She's licensed in 27 states and growing, so reach out and see what Sue could do for you. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. That phone number is 520-977-7904. And if I didn't mention it, Fairway Independent Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Also, Sue Pullen pays her employees very well and does not accuse them of stealing. <laughs> I have not known her to just, you know, fire everybody in the office on a whim. <laughs> You're all fired. <laughs> I don't think she's ever done that. Uh, maybe I'll have to check the facts there before I... Let's get her back on the show and we'll grill her. Ask her if she's friends with this guy. Uh, Two Bowls <laughs> and Shut Shop is also a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Are you between the ages of 23 and 40 old enough to want to plan for retirement, but too stupid to know how to do that? <laughs> Uh, Trade Pro can definitely help you there. They've got all the tools. They've got a staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders. There's just no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. Uh, Maybe calling our listeners stupid is not the best way to get people to click on the affiliate link in the episode description, but it's the only way I know. Yeah, way, way to sell it. Way to sell it. <laughs> uh, you can also find them online at tradeproacademy.com. Or, and if you join our Discord, you'll have access to a 10% discount code under the discount link, discount tab. It's super secret. George has forgotten about it, uh, but it's still there. Use it while it lasts before the secret gets out. There you go. All right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's talk about some trading, huh? Yeah. You say you want a ticker that wins. The bell just rung, it's time to get in. Ups drive us wild, drops drive us crazy. The bulls will shout, the bulls are always shouting. I wanna get rich overnight and profit every trade. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of liking the Zencaster because I like hearing the tunes again. Gives us another chance to hear them. I, I, I love our music. Well, it's all going to be new soon. I just got to think of some new songs. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get off my ass and do some work. All right, Dan, what do we got in the stocks? Well, <clears throat> there's a, a few. I know there's a few on my list, a few on yours. I wanted to lead off talking about Intel since we were just recently talking about Taiwan semiconductors. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Intel is on a big push to drive domestic semiconductor development, right? Yeah. And in conjunction with the whole Biden Build Back Better Act. Build Back Better Act. He, <laughs> uh, he said something along the lines of, like, Taiwan is an unstable place and we shouldn't be getting all of our semiconductor chips there. Mm-hmm. To which the country Taiwan and the company Taiwan Semiconductor... <laughs> took a little bit of an issue with so as of today the 10th he uh he sped up his journey to taiwan a week try and smooth things over well they kind of need taiwan semiconductor right now because they don't have the capability of producing Mm -hmm. like the the they don't have the chip technology that they have right now 
So yeah, maybe not. Don't insult your uh, your your main supplier. Your main supplier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like uh, going to your drug dealer's house and telling them how bad you need another dealer. Not a good idea. Like telling your listeners that they're bad traders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. A little more relevant, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The better we are, right? Uh, when when I uh, pulled up. Intel's chart, the thing that immediately struck me was the divergence between Intel's stock price and the semiconductor industry. If you look at the the stock ticker SO, Intel is the stock ticker INTC. And if you look at SOXX, just an ETF that follows the semiconductor industry, Mm -hmm. they're, they're riding up at all-time highs. They're, they're trying to poke in. They just, just set all-time highs and they're kind of consolidating underneath while Intel is down. Yeah, Intel's been hurt because they've been getting their, they've been seeing their server uh, market share start to get eroded away. AMD and even NVIDIA, I think, has been starting to eat into that. And that's, they used to have like a huge uh, slice of that. I, mean, I think it was almost, it was over 90%. Yeah. Uh, so to start seeing that monopoly basically start to erode away, yeah, their their stock's going to take a hit from that. I think it's down to 80%, right? Uh, I know, I'm not sure what the exact number is. I just know it used to be really, really high. Yeah, so this this particular company is, is seeing that divergence off of all-time highs this summer, it, uh, 68.50, mm-hmm. 68.49. It's, it's down, made its way down to 50, 59, so about 30% lower. And this past week, it's uh, it's been a green candle, but it doesn't look good, <laughs> especially if you go back to the daily. I'm looking at the daily right now, and it was uh, looks like was that the seven, like Monday they had a big gap up, and then they've just been falling since then. Yeah, between Monday and Tuesday, they gapped up, and then just been they tested the fifty four forty area as yep. as resistance fifty four fifty. They've been sliding down. The volume's just now slowing down. So I mean, it could it could try again, but I don't know what I don't, I'm trying to. I've been racking my brain. Like, what what is there any edge I can get off of that divergence? Like, do I want to get bullish with Intel based on that? I do. You see them regaining their market share anytime soon, or do you see that continuing? I think it's going to continue. I think it's going to continue. For yeah, sure. until they until they can actually put out a, a five nanometer chip and get their get their edge back i mean they, i don't even think they have a seven yet mm. like they're still they're still i think they're still on like nine whereas amd was already putting out five nanometer so yeah yeah i think it's uh well, i don't think this trend is going to stop anytime soon but it just clanged off of 5450 and yep. to today it tried to it's got a little bit of a wick there tried to get up to that 51 half area 51 just couldn't so, uh, you got any good levels below? I've I've got forty seven half as a strong one below. Uh, the main one I have is well all the way down at forty three fifty. Okay, that's the main one. Yeah, there's another one right around forty eight half. Yeah. So I'm watching. I'm watching because because I think it's I think it's on its way down. Breaks that forty forty eight area down to forty three. No problem. <laughs> Bearish on Intel says Dan, but you know it's important to have those levels above. Have a plan if it starts going up. <laughs> if it breaks fifty-four half and retests, it's gonna get gonna hit sixty. And there is a gap just above sixty, also. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Between sixty and sixty-two. So someday that'll need to be filled. But like I said, there's like we said before, there's there's no telling when. That could be years down the road. Yeah. 
Any stocks that you got your eye on? Uh, I don't have any stories, but I do have a couple that I'm watching. Uh, first one is Capital One, COF ticker. Mm-hmm. Wait till you get that loaded up. Looking at the daily chart right now, I've got a very strong level at 151 that the last four days it's been trying to test that and just not having it. Volume's been decreasing the whole time. Closed today with a real nice doji candle on higher sell volume. Uh, I think if this 151 level fails, then we might see it push down towards 135. Yeah. And then looking at the overall trend too, it's still ever since, uh, let's see, the high was put in on back in August, mid-August. It's been on a downward trend since then. Yeah, when we were talking about this, I think the the one, it, it was still above that 152 area, mm-hmm. 151. And then, so now it's broken below it and it's like retesting it as yep. resistance. So I actually picked up some uh, some puts uh, this right before close today, you know, Obviously, uh, that it, the more times it hits that resistance level, the weaker that becomes. So I definitely want to see it move quickly. But if it breaks above that, then you could probably be looking at maybe retesting 158 again. Yeah, I like those. I like those puts. Thank you. I hope they work out. Me too. <laughs> uh, the other stock that I was uh, I flipped over to. I used to have shares in this back when we first started recording. This is Alibaba, B A B A. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't looked at them in a long time, but oh my God, this thing looks bearish as hell. And it just doesn't look like it's done being bearish. Aren't they going to like delist along with all the other Chinese companies? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm sure they've fallen under that trap. But they're also, I think the, they posted some earnings that were not very good. I'm not sure what else is going on with them, but the stock itself is, uh, is not doing well. Uh, I have it just bouncing off of 130 as a resistance level. After tagging 109.40, which looks like a pretty strong support. But I mean, it just looks like it's ready to just keep blowing down. I mean, I've got levels down below that at 86 and then at 80 and then at 57. Well, I'm looking at the weekly. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Uh, let me flip over to that weekly. You can really see how it, it's been aggressively bearish since last November. <laughs> yeah. And at that hundred and twenty-seven dollar area on the like weekly, looked at ever since they IPO. You look at the volume profile; it like cuts the volume in half. It's like yep. at its smallest point before it picks back up. Like yeah. it just broke and is retesting a very important, very important area for it. Yeah, if this holds as a, as resistance, some juicy puts there. Hmm. Guess you don't want to hold them too long though, because if it does get delisted, I don't know what ends up happening to them. Guess they just become OTC. Well, I mean, if if you still have that put contract, then and the shares are worthless, then they're just worth a ton of money. Well, no, it won't be. This it, it won't. If a stock gets delisted, it'll still probably trade as an OTC. Just uh, they don't usually have options available on those. I don't know if it'll just close you out at whatever it's valued at or, or how that works. I would assume the contract holds. I don't know. That's a good question. Let's ask George. Yeah, I think we should. When are we talking to him again? Next week? Next week. All right, good. Tuesday. All right. Anyway, yeah, those are the two I'm looking at, uh, Baba and Capital One. Well, I got one last stock to talk about, and and I hope uh, I hope we don't get canceled by the apes, but I want to talk about AMC. Oh, you're going to bring that up? <laughs> only only because we've had some lot of insider selling this week. Stupid journalistic integrity. <laughs> 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 yeah, there has been. Uh, CEO Adam Aaron sold $10 million worth, just about, part of his estate planning, he says. Mm-hmm. And their their CFO, 
Sean Goodman sold all of his shares. All of them? That's what the CNBC news story says. Really? Sold all of his 18,316 shares. So my question to you, Kyle, is looking at the AMC chart, yes. do you think it's a buy on this dip? It's, it's 2744 is where it closed. Uh, I mean, looking at the daily, sell volume is still higher than the buy volume. It's, uh, no, I would not be wanting to buy more yet. Look at look at the weekly. And flip into the weekly, no. <laughs> it just filled that gap. Again, <laughs> weekly. Go back. Still to the no. Yeah, the sell volume really picked up today. I honestly, I think, I think this starts going down next week. I know people probably don't want to hear this, but I got twenty. Twenty is the next support down. Yeah, that's right. Where the volume profile picks up again. It moves so fast. It moves so fast, and it like rotated once at twenty mm-hmm. for a day, and just shot up the next day. In the next, in the next, in the next. The the one good thing this stock has going for it is it is still. Uh, it still has a huge following on, you know, the the retail crowd. The cheaper this gets, the more they can buy. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm I'm wondering if it's now or I guess at twenty. I don't know. Move back in. We're definitely hitting some thin spots as far as there's not a whole lot of movement from this point down to twenty, like you said. Yeah, this thing has not made a higher high over fifty since September. Yep. Its last high high was in September and it's just made it kind of ranged for a bit between 45 and 35, and it broke below that 35, retested it, and now it's working its way down. Yeah. We'll see We'll see where it stops, but I definitely wanted to take a look at it. We haven't talked about it in a while. I thought I would give a technical analysis. Forgive me if that technical analysis doesn't line up with your feelings, but that's what it is. <laughs> I've also got a downtrend line that it's been actually kind of hugging along. It broke above it back in November. I kind of was riding it as like a bull crawl and then uh, broke below it again at the end of November and it just tagged it on the 8th before falling back down again. So that line seems to really be holding. So if you take the high from back in June and then the next high on the 13th and the 19th and then just draw a line connecting those dots, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about looking on the daily chart. Oh yeah, it sure has. Mm -hmm. That's That's kind of a beautiful downward trend line, isn't it? It really is. It's kind of uh, it makes me sad to say that. <laughs> uh, or it could be a, a really, really, really long-term descending triangle that just happened to get to the base of the triangle early. Zoom way out, and yeah, it still looks like a massive, massive pennant. <laughs> uh, but this level here has to hold for that pennant. Yeah, to be a pennant. Anyway, that's what it, it is. What it is. We'll we'll see. See if that price can pop back up or not. We'll find yeah. out. Yep. All right. We better. Oh, God. We're going to talk about some crypto. Oh, yeah. Almost forgot about the crypto. Running long because of stocks. Always. Look at the news. What do you see? The cults of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. You need that Bitcoin, either NFT. Cult of cryptocurrency. Like Elon Musk. Tweets his doji. The cult of cryptocurrency. Cult of cryptocurrency. Cult of cryptocurrency. Oh, 
so I got one story that uh, made me laugh because I hate Coinbase and I don't use it to trade. It's a it's a joke app. I got I got one too that was uh, posted from one of our Discord users. Oh, let's hear that one. Uh, Vivo Power Subsidy Carrot is launching a solar powered crypto mining business, uh, and they're expecting mm. to eventually spin that off via an IPO. So the new business is called Carrot Decimal, and it's going to have the capability of mining cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ether, and Litecoin. Uh, as part of this deal, they're contributing 206 megawatts of solar sites in Texas in exchange for $20 million worth of equity in Carrot Decimal. Uh, the solar power mm-hmm. site is going to be built over a 24-month period and ultimately expects to spin it off via IPO. Once fully operational, they're expected to have 4,398 hash capacity, which sounds like a lot. A fleet of 30,000 mining rigs and potential revenue of approximately $270 million per year with uh, EBITDA margins of 87% based on forecast Bitcoin prices. I wonder mm. what they're forecasting for Bitcoin. <laughs> 100K. 200K. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that was kind of interesting in here was that uh, the, the estimated global mining industry has grown its sustainable energy mix to, to over 50% now. It's about 58%. In the third quarter this year. Oh, wow. It's up from 3% from the second quarter. Is that saying it was 3% total sustainable energy quarter two and now it's 58%? Or is that trying to say it's it's increased by 3%? I think it's trying to say it increased by 3%. Okay, that makes more sense, but it's less remarkable. So never mind. I don't think the supply chain <laughs> could have supported a 55% jump. I was like, man, how the fuck did they manage that? <laughs> okay. All right. I read that wrong. <laughs> Solar panel building drones and robots, zipping in, working 24-7. Right. Uh, yeah, I do want to keep an eye on this because, uh, yeah, this might be one of those ones that, that Musk gets excited about because it's sustainable. Well, Ether 2.0 is going to fix that with the proof of stake, right? Ah, there we go. Let's hope. All right. What was yours? I got a, I got one. Uh, the con- a congressman from uh, uh, California during a House Financial Services Committee hearing on crypto Wednesday, he was referencing this appeared to be referencing a story of the old woman who swallows b- bigger bigger animals, like swallows the cat to get rid of the mouse, swallows the dog to get rid of the cat. Huh. Uh, he was saying the number one threat to cryptocurrency is other crypto, <laughs> saying Bitcoin can be unseated by Ether, which could be displaced by Doji. And replaced by hamster coin and then cobra coin. And then he makes the joke, what could mongoose coin do to crypto, to cobra coin? (laughs) Capping his joke. And within hours, there was mongcoin, goose coin, mongoose coin. Many, many mongoose cryptos appeared out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Just to show you how easy it is for the spoof coins to exist and and attract money. God damn it. (laughs) I would buy mongoose coin. I like mongooses. Are you going to buy goose coin, mongcoin that's on the goose platform? Oh, I don't like geese. (laughs) Well, the mongoose coin already has a market cap of $9 million. That's not a lot in the crypto world. It's a lot in my world. Yeah, Somebody (laughs) attracted $9 million on a joke? Yeah. God damn, maybe we do need to get our coin launched. Right? The bullish coin. Yeah. Do we get anything for that? Well, I mean, I'm assuming we could award ourselves coins as the creators, right? Ah, and then we just need somebody to sell them to. 
Yeah, we just got to drum up that interest, and then we can sell them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy Sherman, who uh, I guess uh, he he uh, later said on a phone phone call, "How can you pay a fortune for a Bitcoin if you can't be certain that in twenty years from now it's going to be more valuable than a hamster coin?" And how can you pay anything for a hamster coin if a joke made by a bald congressman from L.A. at a hearing is going to rip your hamster coin with its mongoose teeth? <laughs> so I think they proved his point. Yeah, kind of sounds like it. <laughs> All he's got to do is is make a joke and somebody makes a coin and it attracts money. And they probably had to sell other cryptos to move into that. Right. God knows there's a lot of fees to use, do it with cash. Yeah. Just hope you're quick and get it in and out. Right. <laughs> all right is it time pew, pew. oh you got me you got me Kyle, since you got me, do you go first or do I go first? Yeah, I guess you call me Han Solo. I always shoot first. Shot first. <laughs> uh, I think my good was flipping my bias on GE. I had some mm. GE calls trying to see if I could uh, get it to retest, uh, get it on the retest in year 100. Uh, I saw it looked like it was starting to fail at 99. So I immediately sold those calls. I did manage to get a little bit of a profit on it, not quite 10%. Uh, then flipped them over to puts, and those puts are currently up uh, about uh, about ten or twenty percent. Nice, probably closer to ten ten percent. We'll say. Yeah, the volume was just driving up, drying up on that up move. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I noticed. Uh, what drove that decision? I did try to get out of them today, but just could never get anyone to pay my price. I'm not sure how I feel about them anymore, but that was kind of my bad was not taking any profit yet. I did try though. Oh God. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. I think I should still be able to get out of it at break even, even if it does uh, spike to, uh, come Monday. I just don't like the idea of holding it over the weekend. Anyway, what was your good? My good was redoing my risk management plan after talking to Rich Friesen. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I, I mean, most of it, I should say the a lot of the core stuff stayed the same, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like like I got every every part of me inside is now lined up and all on the same page and ready to go. And my futures trading has felt a lot easier mm-hmm. since then, uh, and and that's I think that's really good. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, what was your bad? My bad was not taking profit on some CSX calls I bought on the seventh on the seventh. oh yeah yeah i bought them when it was un- still under 36 under 37 and it got as high as oh 37 the high of the day 37 35 mm-hmm. and at one point at one point those suckers were worth 30 some percent and i was like i don't want to take a day trade this thing's going up all week <laughs> and it had three red days after that and and so i ended up taking a loss instead of a win uh i well oh they were weeklies weren't they no uh they they were monthlies but you know i, I just bought them they this expired the 17th, 17th okay. they're monthlies with 10 days to expire i was looking at the way it's it kind of bounced off that 3660 oh oh yeah 
was a previous resistance that's now holding the support. That was like the perfect time to buy the dip. It looks like. Yep, I know, I know. I uh, I should have. I should have. There's a lot of. I, I should have done a lot of things. It's it. It still looks good. It's it looks in yeah. a very bullish position. Yeah. I say it doesn't look terrible. Yeah. But you know, here we are. Yeah. Speaking of knowing what I should have done and not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, my ugly for the week was trading on Friday when uh, I I knew I should have not done that. I knew you even said you were taking the day off. George uh, in the call was saying that like today, if you didn't get it in on the CPI, you shouldn't be trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just shouldn't have traded at all. And I still wanted to try. I took three losses and had to call it a day where I could have been, could have been just, you know, uh, scouring the stock charts, looking for another good, mm-hmm. good play. But instead I want to get my futures time in. Didn't want to do it in SIM for some reason. <laughs> It's not the same. Uh, it's really not. Yeah, I got turned. We we got turned on to a really crazy, awesome book, "Mind Over Markets" by James F. Dalton, uh, mm-hmm. one of our Discord users, Viren. Uh, let me know about it. I think George may have mentioned it at some point. Oh, that's the name of his podcast. Like, that's the name of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I started it last night, and it's all about market profile and TPO charts, and I love it. And so this morning when I woke up, I was like, you know what? I really want to just keep reading that book this morning instead of trading. And then George said that on the call. So I was like, oh, well, there's my sign right there. I didn't trade the CPI. I'll go read the book. Uh, I I admit I wasn't following on the Discord. Sad to hear that you did not have a great trading day. Well, I mean, it wasn't like a a reckless or terrible trading day. It was just, you know, three quick losses. And then it was also one of those days, too, where you flip the sim, you calm down, and then you like, as you're like distracted by other things, you flip back over. You're like, oh shit, perfect time, get in here, and then you make you know immediately make 19 points on something. But you're on mm. sim at that point because you've already <laughs> had to put yourself in timeout. Yeah, it's like ah, those days. Just I hate those days. <laughs> oh, well, I got to say, my ugly uh, lines up with my bad. Like it's it's not not exiting at the right time. I picked mm-hmm. up some wish puts, and I still have them. <laughs> oh no, those were. <laughs> You were doing good on those too, I thought. Uh, well, for a minute, <laughs> I picked him up on the sixth when it when mm-hmm. it went up so much. I was like, okay, yeah, this sucker is done going up, and I didn't wait for the market to tell me when to pick him up. And the next day, I I held him, and it went up, and then the spinning doji. Now it's two days down. Now it expires the seventeenth, but I really I shouldn't I shouldn't be in him at all. I have yeah. ample opportunity to get out. And the last two candles are red, but there's also decreasing volume on them too. Yeah, and it happened to just land right on the the. It's it's a retest, right? Mm-hmm. It broke broke three sixty and retested three sixty <laughs> on <laughs> on declining uh, red candle volume. Yeah, right. so I should have I should already be out of these, and the fact that that I'm still in them is ugly to me. Okay, the the structure is telling me like <laughs> this would be a good time to buy some calls. I'm like, but I own puts. Right. <laughs> ah, that sucks. All right, Kyle, is it time? Ah, uh, yeah. Stocks in the center of a universe. That's for every one of us. Consequence for one of us. Make our picks with no regret. Every open, every close, every spread. It's the mighty bear. You get to pick first, my friend. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think I want to short Capital One. Nice. Nice move. I like it. Since I already put money on it, might as well might as well 
put my money where my mouth is. Uh, stop loss at 159, 50% take profit at 140, and then trail my stop from you there. You put your stop loss at 159? Yep. Okay. That's that's probably too high. Let me look at this a little closer. Why don't we say 153? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the next level I have above. Yeah, we'll just go right above that. 153.50. 159 seems a bit excessive. There you go. I mean, you might even be able to get away with 154 or 155, but 159 just seems like it's asking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, really, I should be flipping long if it hits 154 and <laughs> taking profit at 158. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. got that nice gap from 150 to 155, like just going to cruise up if, if it's going to be going up. We'll see. Yeah. I like it. Shorten. Okay, shorten COF. Oh, I got I got lots of choices. Yeah, I'm I'm overwhelmed with choices. Stuff that I've been watching. Part of me is like, hold UMC, just hold it over, keep in it, Mm -hmm. set that profit, set that take profit at twelve fifty, set my stop at ten ninety five. But then again, I also think CSX is uh, is really primed to hit some new all time highs next week, and that you know, new new all time highs can really push things crazy. Yep, but. What I actually landed on is I'm going to short AMC. Oh, wow. That's ballsy. Yep. Wow, man, you're doing it. I'm doing it. And 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 remember the Monday bounce. Yeah. Ugh, from when it was all crazy. I just, when it broke down and it first hit 25, it went up, it retested that 33, $34 range and it's headed straight back down again. And yep. I'm like, classic break and retest. And I, that floor below it, Spent so little, so little time trading between twenty and twenty-seven. Yeah, uh, I think I think I could really, literally crank it out. So I'm going to put my stop at thirty. Okay. And I'm going to put my first take profit at ooh, I'll say twenty-five. Twenty-five, fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is ballsy, Dan. But at least you got to stop to protect yourself. I know, and I've got the structure on my side, and that's really oh, what yeah, I decided. Do. Like. I have to have that on my bets going forward. And I just happen to be watching this one so long. And I'm just like, oh, look at, look, oh, I love you apes. But the dad is telling me something. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So should we get a random? Yeah, let's get a random. Me, uh, odd or even? Even. And one through 12. One. Consumer services, NASDAQ. Uh, shoe carnival. The hell is that? S-C-V-L. Some online shoe retailer? Uh, it must be, right? God damn it. Well, <laughs> uh, it does look like it's about to make a sick move upward. Uh, okay. Watch that well, 3770 on it. If it can hold that as support. Yeah. Oh, God. They're going to end the year on a whimper, aren't we? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh, wow. That, yeah, I like that chart. <laughs> kind of want to buy this. Fucking random. Fucking random. Okay. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Yeah. Kyle's shortened Capital One. I'm shortened AMC. And random is long. Shoe Carnival. SCVL. Bold move. Stay tuned uh, next week. We'll, we'll let you know how that goes. Uh, everybody on the Discord, keep an eye out. I'll be dropping a video of uh, Milk Steak. Oh, yes. <laughs> Shot that today. Just got to edit it. And uh, until next time, happy trades. Bye. Two 
Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.